Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Good Saturday morning to you. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing today? Jason, I'm here. <laughs> well, Reporting for duty, sir. I'm just glad your office has air conditioning, Bill. That's, that's all I can ask for today. I tell you what, you know, R- Raleigh, uh, even to, to Charlotte, the, uh, North. I mean, w- this has been the hot spot of the nation this week. It's just been awful, you know, with the heat index, you know, in the mid one hundreds. It's like relief, help me. Uh, the, you know, the only time to be out is in the early morning. I mean, it's actually pretty pleasant then. Uh, but I mean, at this point in the morning, uh, it's darn hot outside. So you're wise to stay indoors in the air conditioning if you have it. And if not, get into the shade. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's part one of our best advice for today. Our our other best advice that we're giving out today, Bill, is we're going to be talking about asset protection and the name of the show, Asset Protection Today, and how legal documents fit into that. Well, you you know, uh, we are estate planners, uh, and of course, um, you know, some folks will, what does that mean? Is it just a matter of getting a will? And the answer is no, it's a whole lot more than that, um, uh, for sure. Uh, It's, you know, how do we best control our property uh, while we're alive and well? What kind of plan do we play uh, put in place uh, if things don't go well for us? You know, because particularly for seniors, um, it's an issue. Uh, we uh, can't, uh, I mean, all of us who are aging know that uh, our bodies don't work as well today that the, as they did 20 or 30 years ago. Uh, and it only gets worse, you know. That's the thing. It's, it's, you know, we 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 like to think that we get better as we're sagacious and all of that good stuff. And it may be that we are wiser. Maybe some of us. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so, uh, uh, but at the same time, uh, we all feel some degradation, in ter- whether it's, uh, for some of us, it's mental, but for all of us, it's physical. I mean, it's the, we just can't keep doing what we were able to do years ago. Our bodies just don't work as well. And so the, uh, at some point, uh, most of us need uh, some assistance, whether it's, again, mental or physical, but it, it, or we just get tired of doing it. You know, that's the other thing. And so it is important to have uh, family members uh, who are trustworthy, that, that we have trust in, that we can ask to help us uh, get through the times when uh, things aren't what we hoped they would be. But, uh, you know, estate planning, too, is a matter of, you know, how do we leave our legacy to our loved ones in the way that we want to? In other words, control it while we're alive and well, but also to be able to leave it the way we want to, in other words, to whom we want to give it to, how we want to give it to, when we want to give it to them, instead of just, at my death, you get it, you know, that is not what I'm talking about. It's it's like, how do you massage it? How do you package 
your legacy for your spouse, for your children, for your grandchildren? Do you give them asset protection? A lot of my clients want asset protection for their spouse, and they want asset protection for their children. And the truth is, they want asset protection for themselves. That's a little harder to do, but you know we do that. And so it's it it, it is it um, what what a lot of planning comes down to because a good estate planner, and I think. That's what we are at WG Alexander and Associates. Um, it's how do we plan uh, well for what we want for ourselves and our family? And uh, it's not just uh, we want something simple. Uh, sometimes simple works. I mean, that's not, it's okay to want simple. In fact, part of estate planning is simplification. But simplification typically has more to do with um, simplifying your financial affairs. In other words, why do you have five different banks? You know, I know folks are worried, well, I want to make sure I have that FDIC insurance. But the truth is that it complicates your life. And sometimes when you die or you become incompetent, uh, you know, your family might not know about that bank in Iowa. You know, where you bought a CD or or the like, or they, you know. So the point is, is that do you really need more than one bank or credit union? Uh, Do you need more than one financial advisor. A lot of folks will have three or four financial advisors, or they'll have three or four different accounts. They'll have an E-Trade and a Schwab and a, uh, a you know an Edward Jones or a Vanguard or a Fidelity or whatever. Uh, so they'll have multiple accounts, and of course, you know, part of um, trying to uh, protect what we have is not putting all of our eggs in one basket. Uh, but if you find over time that you have a financial advisor that really does a good job for you, communicates with you, lets you know what's going on, lets you know what to do, and and does well with your money, uh, why wouldn't you trust that person to take more of your money or all of your investment money? So, I mean, everybody needs a, a bank or credit union. Everybody needs at least from my book, uh, a financial advisor uh, for part of of your investment strategies or for your retirement funds. There are very few of us who are are willing to take the time to understand the markets to where we can be our own financial advisors. Now, there there are some folks who, who are pretty good at it. You know, and you know when you're doing it for yourself, and you're you educate yourself, you know how to do it, you're comfortable doing it, you know how not to make mistakes, because there are a lot of mistakes people can make. Then a lot those folks generally do pretty well for themselves because they're paying attention. Most of us don't read the fine print. We don't pay attention. And those of us who are like that, we need financial advisors. <laughs> so, you know, 
Uh, okay, so let's get it down to essence of asset protection planning. It really comes down to degrees of protection. And it also comes down to how much of a control freak we are, okay? Because um, there is a balance. And, and so if you, if you think about a scale, and on one side of the scale is asset protection, the other side of the scale is control. And you know, for most of us during the majority of our lifetime, control is a lot more important to us uh, than asset protection. As we get older and control becomes less, in other words, we're willing to give up a little bit of control to have asset protection, but it's a balancing thing. So the more asset protection that we want, for most of us, we have to give up a little bit of control. Now, the good news is that even if we're unwilling to give up any control at all during our lifetime, we can, in fact, uh, create a plan that gives asset protection to our spouse and our children and our grandchildren. And, and quite frankly, that's what the majority of my clients actually do. Uh, however, there are also ways that you can increase your own asset protection and keep control, too. And so people have heard me say frequently that the foundation of asset protection is insurance. And, of course, if you're willing to pay for insurance, which we all should be doing, then that we're not giving up control. Uh, you know, we're giving up a little cash, <laughs> but we're not giving up control to buy insurance. So, but, and that's the foundation of any plan. And, and then the next step is uh, documents, legal documents. And, and so asset protection is more than just uh, having a limited liability company or a corporation which gives you some protection, some asset protection. So there's some concepts that I want to talk about as it relates to asset protection, and then there are basic documents that all of us should have, and all of us should have good documents as it relates to that. And so that's sort of the next step to make sure things are right in our planning. Excellent. We will go into those documents and we'll continue to go over why having this all-encompassing asset protection plan is so important. This is what Bill does. He's the expert. If you need help, get a hold of him. Schedule an appointment to talk with Bill. 919-256-7000 is the number to call. 919-256-7000. You can also go online to wgalaw.com to schedule an appointment. That's also where you can go to register for Bill's free seminars. He does these the second Wednesday of every month. One is on long-term care assistance and the other is on asset protection and trust planning, which is what we're going to be talking about a lot today. So if you're enjoying this conversation and you want more, go to WGALaw.com and register for the seminar coming up in August. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News talk traffic.
You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with attorney Bill Alexander, and we're talking all about asset protection and the importance of legal documents. Bill, you were going over uh, how there's a balancing act here when it comes to asset protection with degrees of protection and also control. And with that, you know, we know that uh, we said before that uh, insurance and liability insurance is the first part when it comes to a great asset protection plan, and then the legal documents come in. No question about it. But before I get into the exact legal documents, uh, I, I want to talk about another concept that is very important when it comes to asset protection. Now, it doesn't apply to everybody, but it applies to most of us in one way or another. And uh, I, I think it was Benjamin Franklin that, that coined, uh, the, and I may be wrong, and I may be getting this right, and so the historians out there can call me up and say, Bill, you got it wrong. But <laughs> something to the effect of united we stand, divided we fall. And as a country, no question about it. I mean, just think about the pandemic that we're going through right now. As a country, we need to be united in this war against the coronavirus. Uh, We need to be doing what's best for each of us, which is best for our neighbors and the community and the nation as a whole. I mean, that's where we need to be united. All right. But when it comes to asset protection, it's the exact opposite, and that is – With asset protection, it is united we fail and divided we stand. Okay, now what do I mean by that? It means that basically when it comes to our assets that we're we're trying to protect, we don't want to have everything that we own in our individual names. We need to separate out uh, our assets. And so, for instance, and, and a lot of business folks uh, understand this, and there are actually a number of income tax reasons uh, that benefit you with a divided uh, <laughs> we stand uh, situation. For instance, if you have, have a business and you own your business and you own the building or buildings that your business is in, you should never have the building to be owned by the same business that's located in the business. In other words, separate it out. Have the building owned by a separate entity. Now, my favorite entity is a limited liability company, and we'll go into that later, maybe today, maybe not. But but the bottom line is, is that we should not own our building by ourselves. Uh, even if you do it with your spouse, that's still not the same thing. It's better to have your building owned by a separate LLC. Now, for those folks who have a business with expensive equipment, guess what? Create another company, another limited liability company for your expensive equipment. And then the business leases the building from your comp- your other company and leases the equipment from your second company. And each company gives you a lot of advantage- tax advantages that you don't get necessarily otherwise. You might get them, but you might not. But no question that you have better asset protection because if somebody, 
such as yourself or an employee in your company screws up, guess what? It's a whole lot better to, uh, if they sue you, they can't get to your building. They can't get to your equipment. So having that equipment owned by a separate entity might make the difference between being in business in later years and not. I mean, let me, let me give you an example. Uh, let, let's say you're a, a good-sized business and you have vehicles and you have digging equipment and farm equipment and all sorts of stuff. And you have um, uh, a lot of employees uh, and your, your building is owned by a separate company, your equipment's owned by a separate company, uh, and uh, then you have your, your business. And um, let's say, uh, just as an example, your business is laying gas lines. And what happens? The, the gas line blows up, destroys, you know, half a block, and who's going to get sued? Well, you are. Uh, okay. <laughs> so your business is going to get sued, and hopefully you have a lot of liability insurance. And, of course, a business like that would. But let's say that the liability is hundreds of millions of dollars and you have maybe 5 or $10 million of coverage. Well, if your equipment and your building isn't owned by your business, then the the lawyers, the the creditors, if you will, the ones that are suing you, are not going to be able to take away that um, equipment or your building. So guess what? Okay, you end up in bankruptcy or you close your doors for your business and you open up another business and then, again, you lease your, your building and your equipment and you keep on keeping on. You, to me, that's a simple but very effective illustration of how divided you actually stand. Because even if your first business goes out, you still have all your equipment. You still have your building. All you have to do is open up another business and keep on keeping on. So to me, that's a no-brainer way of protecting your resources for yourself. So that concept of, of separating assets out uh, that are under your control make a huge difference. Uh, obviously, I love trust, and I love to assign all this stuff to wonderful trust agreements that we do. That's for <laughs> estate planning purposes. But we're talking about just mere asset protection. So the concept of divided we stand for asset protection is a huge concept. So now with that thought having been said, then in our next segment, we can talk about some of these documents. Excellent. We will get to the document discussion. And before anyone sends Bill an email, uh, United We Stand, Divided We Fall is attributed to John Dickinson. Ah. So uh, don't hit send on that email just yet. I'm trying to correct Bill. We got it out there. Uh, if you're interested in having a consultation with Bill, Head online to WGALaw.com. You can find plenty of information about the services that WG Alexander and Associates provides. You can also register for the August webinars or seminars. Uh, we'll be doing these online until we can get back at Independence Village. But you can find all that information on, on, by clicking on the seminars button at WGALaw.com. 
www.asetprotectiontoday.com. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We're having a discussion all about asset protection. And uh, Bill, I jumped the gun last segment, and now we're going to get into our discussion of legal documents. Well, absolutely. And and there are a lot of folks out there will say, well, dang, I, I don't have a business, and I don't have a bunch of real estate, and I don't have equipment, and that just doesn't apply to me, Bill. You know, what What are we really talking about? So let's get to documents that everybody needs. Whatever It doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor or have businesses or you're just retired and trying to make, you know, eke out a living or whatever. You know, there are basic documents that everyone needs. Not everybody needs a trust, but everyone should have a will if they care who gets their property when they die. Now, truthfully, uh, half the folks out there don't have any legal documents uh, at all, which guess, guess what that means. That means they don't really care who gets what when they die. Not a good thing. Some people think the spouse automatically gets everything. That's not true at all. If you don't have a will, uh, then it really comes down to how do you have title to property. And of course, title to property is the third link <laughs> in an asset protection plan. But in other words, how do you own title? But you also need to have title that works with whatever plan you put in place. So. Your will is what allows you to determine who gets your property and how they get it when you die. Okay, but to me, estate planning is far more than death planning. And to me, planning for yourself and your spouse, while, in other words, for the years that you're alive is far more important <laughs> than when you die. Death is easy when it comes to you, <laughs> okay? Uh, you're gone. The exit strategy there, you know, we don't control it. The Lord does. And, you know, good thing we don't. <laughs> so, all right. Um, so if you care uh, where your, your property, your money, uh, everything goes upon your death, you need to have at least, at a minimum, a will. Now, then uh, all of us, any adult, any person 18 years of age or older, should have a health care power of attorney where we – it's a document – where we appoint a trusted person to make health care decisions for us when we can't make decisions for ourselves. And, uh, you know, it's the parent's nightmare that their young adult children would have an accident uh, and be unconscious or be so injured that they have no clue what's going on and not have the ability to make decisions about how they're taken care of. 
Because when a child turns 18, your, the parents actually lose control of those decisions. The, the child is then in charge, which is not inappropriate, uh, <laughs> but, but at the same time, if the child can't make decisions, unless there's a health care power of attorney, the parents only have very limited authority under the health care rules to make decisions. And having a much broader authority is important for everyone. So it applies to a 100-year-old person just like it applies to an 18-year-old person. All of us should have a health care power of attorney that gives broad authority to our agent to make decisions when we cannot communicate. Now, every health care power of attorney is what we call a springing authority, which means that your agent that you've appointed um, has no authority at all as long as you can effectively communicate with your physician. And it's the doctor who is the arbiter who determines whether or not you can understand what is trying to be communicated to you. In other words, do you, do you understand your options? Do you understand your risks? Here they are. And then be able to communicate a decision to your doctor that the doctor can understand. Well, if there's a disconnect anywhere in there, the doctor, if you have a power of attorney, can turn to your agent and say, ah, dad's in la-la land or whatever. I need you to help us make a decision here. So uh, for most folks, their health care agent generally is their spouse or a trusted child or more than one child, if you're lucky. Um, and But there are also a lot of folks out there who don't have a spouse, who don't have a, a child, uh, who uh, they can depend on to make those decisions. And that, and that gets even more complicated how those folks uh, deal with, with those kinds of things. And in fact, one of the, uh, the things for what I call my orphan clients, those that don't have folks that they can rely on, at least for health care, uh, one place to turn to is a professional, an independent life care manager, because they can be health care agents for you. Uh, but you need, they need to get to know you and know uh, what you think about things and how you feel about uh, health care decisions uh, before they act as your agent. And, of course, if your family members are acting as your agent. They, they need to know how you feel about things, too. You know, these are conversations that most people just generally don't have over the dining room table. It's not necessarily a pleasant discussion to have. And so, some people just think it's, it happens by osmosis. It doesn't. You have to talk about it. <laughs> now, spouses tend to talk occasionally, rarely, <clears throat> about these important things. But and I think as you get older, you do talk about things like that, but most people don't. It's a conversation that is typically avoided. And sometimes you even get cut off. That Dad, stop talking about that. We don't want to talk about that, you know, that sort of thing. And you just have said, no, you got to listen to me. These are things that are important. Okay, so that's important for us to know that, that now in terms – uh, does that protect your assets? Well, it protects your body. <laughs> I think that might be your most important asset if you really get down to it. Um, so what goes with uh, a health care power of attorney? That's where you appoint your agent. The next document in North Carolina is called an advanced directive for natural death. 
Now, that's a very, very limited document, uh, but it's an important one because it basically uh, it is instructing um, uh, the doctors to take you off life support if you're in a hopeless situation. In other words, you have no chance. It's, it's just horrible. But it's a very narrowly drawn document, and it's a directive not to your agent, not to your spouse or children, but it's a directive to the doctor in the hospital to take you off life support. Now, one of the things that's really important to me, and it's part of my counseling, is that I always want your agent, your family members, to have the ability to veto your advance directive. And it has everything. In other words, it has everything to do with control, which we want. It has to do with the fact that um, it's a recognition that healthcare has changed a lot over these years. Uh, it's a recognition that uh, professionals vary in competency. In other words, one, some, all doctors are not fabulous. Some are, are great. Some are not so great. So, And you don't know what you're going to get anymore. You're going to get wh- whoever's working at the hospital at that particular time. Nor do you know where your issue is going to happen, if it's in Raleigh or Durham or, you know, this area or in one of the best places in the world to be sick. But you might be in Podunk, Alaska or Podunk, North Carolina, where the health care is very limited. So what I'm getting at is by giving your agent the ability to veto your directive, you're allowing your agent to be able to tell the doctor we want a second opinion before we take mom or dad off life support or my spouse off life support, uh, or we just want a delay. Uh, and there, there are reasons why delays might be very important to the family, because if you don't keep that veto authority, then you're, the doctor doesn't even have to come to the family and tell, tell you. They just look at the advance directive and say, oh, Let's just take him off life support, and they do it, and then they tell you about it. So that's not a good situation for folks to be in. So that is really important. And then the last health care document is the uh, medical release um, that is HIPAA compliant. That's a document that is required by federal law. Um, and of course, we put that HIPAA language in our healthcare power of attorney, and we also put it in our general durable power of attorney. But federal law says you have to have a separate document, so you should have a separate medical release that's HIPAA compliant. So there are three healthcare documents that everyone should have. Now, I know we need to wrap this segment up, and so when we come back, I want to talk about the financial aspects, and and there are two documents that are really important there today. Um, And so the general power of attorney and a digital release. So I want to talk about those when we come back. We will get to those if you are interested in getting more information on the uh, the three healthcare documents that we talked about today: the healthcare power of attorney, the advanced directive for natural death, and the medical release. These are uh, topics that Bill addresses in his webinars. Find more information on those at wgalaw.com. It's free to register and to attend. wgalaw.com. Just click on the seminars button. You can also call nine one nine. 
7,000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here alongside Bill Alexander. We are talking all about asset protection and the uh, importance of legal documents. Bill, we've gone over the healthcare documents, the three of those, and now we're going to transition into two other documents. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, the next document that's really important for folks to have um, is a general durable power of attorney. And um, this is something that I talk about. And, and truthfully, the general durable power of attorney is one of the key documents if you want to be able to do asset protection planning. Uh, and this is really important because it's rare when I review someone's power of attorney that it's sufficient or adequate to do asset protection planning. People think simply because it's a general power of attorney that they can do anything with it. And that is absolutely false. A general durable power of attorney only allows you to do what is specifically authorized in that document. And in most powers of attorney, those documents are actually very limited. Now, You might say, well, what's the difference between a general power of attorney and a limited power of attorney? Well, a limited power of attorney is typically limited to allow you to do one specific act, one thing. That might be to sign the documents to close on purchasing a house or a mortgage or uh, to sell the truck or something along those. But that's, in other words, you're giving a person the right to do one thing. That's a limited power of attorney. A general power of attorney tends to give broader authority, but broader doesn't mean complete, (laughs) okay? Because most powers of attorney, and I'm talking about the powers of attorney that attorneys give you, as well as the ones that you might find in a book or online, those are fairly limited and, and again, it comes down to the old question of control versus asset protection. And, and so, uh, in, in essence, most powers of attorney are not authorizing your agent to do a whole lot of things that you might need to do for asset protection purposes. Uh, and some are, are better than others when it even comes to limited things. But most powers of attorney are what we call transactional documents. It allows you to sell the house. It allows you to sell the truck or, or car. It allows you to pay the bills, um, those kinds of things. But it doesn't allow you to do many of the things that we need to do to protect your property if you get to towards a crisis stage. And so in most of my 
uh, most of my clients, with rare exceptions, have what we call advanced powers of attorney, which give far broader authority. But there's one catch to it. And the catch is to have an advanced power of attorney, you have to have a person in your life that you can trust absolutely. In other words, now, any agent acting under any power of attorney has a fiduciary duty. And in North Carolina, the number one duty is to do what the principal would do. Because sometimes principals make decisions that actually are not in their own best interest. It might be the family's best interest or the company's best interest or whatever. But not necessarily what is in their own personal best interest. And rule number two in North Carolina is if you don't know what the principal would do, then you should do what's in the principal's best interest at all times. Now, we've all heard horror stories where agents have uh, done things that are improper, illegal, breaches of fiduciary duty. And why does that happen? It happens for two reasons. Some One is because the agent doesn't understand that they have limited authority and they do things that they shouldn't do because they're not even authorized to do it. The other is because we chose poorly when we chose an agent. You know, we chose the oldest child rather than the trusted child. <laughs> we, we, we chose the child who lives next door rather than the trusted child. Or, you know, it, sometimes it's because uh, it's a second or third or fourth marriage, and we've appointed our spouse who don't care anything about our kids one way or the other. And sometimes that could be a mistake. So sometimes you want a limited authority. But to the degree that you're looking for a plan that allows for asset protection. And there are ways when you have a situation where you're trying to take care of certain people uh, that you can also build in confidence of trustworthiness. And, And sometimes that's a matter of appointing two people together to act as co, because then they'd have to conspire to take take advantage of you or to do something wrong. And so there are ways to uh, protect yourself and protect your family members when it comes to asset protection planning. But that general durable power of attorney, and we recommend an advanced power for all those folks who have someone that they have absolute trust in. But that absolute trust is huge because our power of attorney is going to let your agent do anything needed to protect your property in a crisis, and and that's what we need. So if you have an advanced power of attorney, the advantage there is that it allows you, while you're capable, of staying in full control. But the problem is we don't know when we're going to have a stroke or a heart attack or other situations where we we can't be in control after that. So if we have a trusted agent, then the, sometimes the asset protection plan can, in fact, be put in place during a crisis. In fact, that's what Medicaid planning and veterans benefits planning is all about, because those are crisis for family members. And this this is true whether you're a wealthy family or not. I mean, you could be just barely scraping by, and these same things apply because 
most folks uh, are trying at a minimum to protect their home, and oftentimes their home's paid for. It's a big asset that they have. But most people have a whole lot more than that to protect as well. But, but it's the kind of thing where if you have the right documents in place and you have trusted people uh, where there's an absolute trust, you can put documents in place where an asset protection plan can be put in place at the last minute, which gives you that complete control for, for right up until the crisis. And that includes Medicaid. You know, there are a lot of... Uh, folks out there, a lot of advisors out there saying, oh, you got to do your planning five years in advance of any kind of Medicaid crisis. And I'm here to tell you that is absolutely not true in North Carolina. We can do an awful lot of crisis planning for folks that need long-term care. And I'm talking about folks with money, with homes, with real estate. We can take care of most of those folks without any problem whatsoever in the crisis if they have the right documents in place. Now, for when we're talking about other asset protection planning, it is. I mean, for instance, if you're trying to protect a, a you know business from from risk uh, uh, that uh, you know we have, you know, and all of us have it driving a car because if if we're negligent and injure somebody then there's risk of being sued there. But if we run a business, if we're professionals, we all have issues where we're trying to protect things. Well, that takes an extra level of doing advanced planning for asset protection. But uh, there are an awful lot of folks that don't think they need that, and then they end up in a crisis, and they find out that the their need is so much more expensive and they don't have the resources. So they need benefits that they can't get without doing some crisis planning. And if you are dealing with a long-term care crisis, you, I would highly encourage you to register for Bill's seminars coming up in August. We do these the second Wednesday of every month. Uh, Bill has two seminars that he does, one dealing with long-term care assistance, the other dealing with asset protection and trust planning, uh, which is what we've been discussing today with the legal document side of things. But you can find plenty of information online. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button. It's free to register, free to attend, and it's uh, currently in the form of a webinar right now as we continue to practice our social distancing. Just go online to WGALaw.com. Or if you want to call for more information, the phone number is 919 256 7,919-256-7,000. A break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. News, talk, traffic. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. We're uh, just about out of time here, Bill, but we've got one more legal document that we well, need to get the to. Last, the last one, Jason, is a digital release. And you might say, well, scratch your head and say, what's that? Well, it's important because it's rare when folks don't have digital assets. You know, our banking records, our investment records. Almost everything's online. So if you have a computer, smartphone, or any of the above, giving your agent under your power of attorney the right to access those records digitally is extremely important. So the digital release is the last document that's really important for everyone to have. 
And again, if you need help getting your documents in order, get a hold of Bill and WG Alexander and Associates. Go online to WGALaw.com or call 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. We are out of time for today. We hope you'll join us again next Saturday at 11. On behalf of Bill Alexander, I am Jason Kong, thanking you for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Have a great weekend.